Look, I showed up for Big Blue Peen and I got it. We know. Welcome back to the Bad Gamecast. This is Jake. Parkour! I'm Elsa Jesus. <laughs> Elsa Jesus. Love it. And this time we played Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Hardcore parkour. Yup. <laughs> oh, uh, I uh, wanted to say at the top, uh, uh, we were playing this game because it was suggested to us. Uh, I don't remember if I read this part of the email last time we had it, but... And then I should have had this pulled up, and I didn't. <laughs> and now we got some awkward pauses. It's what we do around here. <laughs> it's editing. It does wonders, folks. Uh, editing's amazing. Yeah, so uh, we got the email in. So the first part was, time for me to be nice. I promise no more bad horror games. Mirror's Edge 2. If you've played the first game, the second one is not a very great experience. I know a lot of people who loved it and a lot of people who hated it. But hey, maybe it will be less bad than usual. So that was their recommendation for us to play this game. Just... And I kind of get it the recommendation like you uh, people hating it and people loving it yeah i get that oh yeah 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 i did look on metacritic and saw the wide variety of opinions on this game it's uh, really all over the place yeah and i i think one of the things which uh i guess i will pause momentarily if jake wants to vomit useless information thank you i appreciate that released june 2016 developed by dice published by ea uh, other games that came out in 2016 we covered in Umbrella Corps and Mighty Number no. 9, but other games are Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, This War of Mine, and Crypt of the Necrodancer. Ooh, got that good Necrodancer in there. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. So if you don't know what Mirror's Edge is, it is a first person uh, platformer. Mm-hmm. And the first one got a big n- noticeable backlash for this. And this one, I'm guessing the people who played the first one and couldn't play it didn't even bother with the second one. Uh, for some people, this game, uh, whole series really, causes motion sickness. Oh, yeah. Like really noticeable motion sickness. They lean in heavily towards, like, you experience every little single duck and dive of the character. So, like, you're running along with that parkour with your character, and um, those slides, those tumbles, like, you're doing a roll, your screen is flipping, that kind of thing. So, did it, um, did that bother either of you two? It only bothered me, actually, when I was watching you, because... Uh, I guess I wasn't in control of it, but when I was controlling myself, I did not have any issues with the motion sickness at all. Did you change your field of view? No. Okay. So Jake had it turned all the way up. Mm-hmm. I had to. And so that's the thing that I found really... I turned it all the way up, and it's not... I wouldn't describe it as motion sickness. It was this weird fisheye effect that happens when you turn the field of view all the way up. Yes. That I actually, like, I couldn't play it because it was just like I was constantly misjudging things, and it felt awkward. Oh, it, weird. It, it does look super weird, which, like, that's how I was playing it as I was streaming it because I tried having it like down lower and I could not stomach it for more than an hour at a time but when and you like, turn it down you get this like tunnel vision effect which is one thing that causes some people to get the motion sickness is it brings the field of view in too hard and since it's first person your eye, you want your eyes to see more but you can't and it causes your brain to go all uh. um, yeah so I turned the field of view all the way up and I couldn't really play like that I turned it down some but not all of the way 
I do have a very wide uh, monitor. It's, I don't know if it's like 26, 27 inches on its diagonal. It's it's pretty wide. It's not a super wide or anything like that, but uh, um, I don't know. I don't know if that helped. That's I don't know if your guys' yeah. um, like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's pretty standard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, my old one was tiny, so this feels big to me. So like the one maybe... next to it's 24. Like... <laughs> I'm sorry, Elsa. Yeah, no problem. I'm just trying to figure out, like, I don't know, or maybe my brain just isn't bothered by that sort of thing. It's exactly that. It doesn't affect everyone, and it doesn't affect everyone the same way. And so that's kind of when you're doing a first-person game that's all about, you know, really leaning into all these little motions and tumbles and stuff. Man, you are inviting that, like... I I had assumed that it's uh, my glasses... Uh, dear listeners, if you don't know this, I've got some like straight up Coke bottles going on that because of my effed up prescription are like thinner and thicker in some places, but not like they're not symmetrical. So, uh, like, I, I just figured as I, cause I have that with, uh, some first person games. It's not all of them though, but like, I, I don't know what it is and I'm not entirely sure what sets it off, but yeah, some like this one, especially, oh man, it was rocking me. Yeah. And it's weird. Uh, the field of view, right. It has numbers attached to it and it goes up to like 90, mm-hmm. but like when I play first person shooters, they often have an FOV slider and I usually keep it at like 109. That's if it's available to me i go over 100 because that usually that refers to the like angle of the camera Mm -hmm. yeah and so if 90 in this one is too like it feels weird that 90 was too much and caused this weird like spaghettification of your arms i thought that was really funny personally (laughs) it is really funny but like it makes your arms stretch out like really long and be really thin it's weird and like messes with me but it's less than i would normally set the field of view for other games which makes me wonder like what they're doing with that i don't know i have no guesses so yeah so whatever it is it's i think that's one of the big things is before any recommendations if you know you're not good with first person games like if you play like first person shooters and i know people who like this and they're like i can't really play first person shooters because the motion is too much don't play this game don't play don't even watch gameplay of this <laughs> like, game. it's gonna do that to you i wonder if that's like because i play a lot of first person shooters and i don't have a problem i wonder if it's uh, having the gun on the screen it's the same way that having a nose in vr like helps uh center you right because like i always have the one thing that's stationary where you don't have that in this because Maybe. it's just everything coming at you right to your face and i'm just speculating yeah and vr is another interesting one we haven't actually played any vr titles because none of us have headsets they're expensive yeah they don't have a spare grand and even if i did i'm not dropping it down on a vr headset I was going to ask, if, would either of you want a headset? Uh, totally. Uh, if I had, like, if I knew I was going to get a headset, like, if someone was like, here's this free headset, uh, then I would have to buy new computer parts. But, like, I'm always looking at new computer parts. I'm like, God, I don't want to <laughs> buy new computer parts. Uh, your computer could handle it. Technically, yes, but a lot of VR titles get uh, really choppy with... They, VR really demands oh, your I'm sure, video yeah. card, so... I mean, I would have to get, like, the VR headset. Uh, yeah, I would have to upgrade my PC, too. I would also have to find, like, some sort of horse feeding bag I could throw up into because I know exactly how that's going to go. Right. So that's what I'm curious about because I've never really felt motion sick. And so I'm kind of curious how it would go. I don't know. But I know that's something that a lot of VR titles, uh, it's one of the things working against them is the motion sickness that people feel when your vision doesn't really line up to your body. So, you know, leaping through the air when you're sitting down. (laughs) Good times. 
I guess we'll just do the plot. All right. If it, you've not seen a Mirror's Edge game, they're set in sort of a stark techno future where everything is a bright, white, seamless cityscape. Uh, there are occasionally splashes of black and red to complete the aesthetic, but on a whole, it's uh, it's a very bright, white, clean line sort of game. Yeah, it is set in uh, what is, oh god, is there a name for it? It's basically like the shiny white version of cyberpunk. They call it the City of Glass, right? Yeah. They do. Like, you know, it is that kind of techno future run by corporations, but cyberpunk tends to be like kind of uh, gritty and dirty, mm -hmm. right. and this is the the, like polished everything is glass and white yeah. version of that white and shiny and clean but everything is run by corporations so you are so here's the weird i don't even know how it ties into the first game yeah that's the thing have any of us played the first game nope no nope the wikipedia says it's like a reboot Oh, weird. Yeah, it, or like it, I don't know, it's weird. Well, like, the way they have the story split up is between, like, the games and then comic books, so, like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, it, it explores, quote-unquote, from the Wikipedia, it is a reboot that explores Faith's origin, which is like, so it's not uh, an actual prequel, but it is? Well, I don't. That makes me feel better about not knowing anything going into this game. Yeah. So, there's that. Which, again, when they uh, the email that requested this game from us talks about people who have played the first one. And I'm exactly, like... Exactly. I can... That's going to piss people off. Go on, Jason. Yeah, exactly that. It's like, if you have a game and you build an audience and then you make another game that either, like, just contradicts or is like, hey, but this is, uh, like, remaster almost of the story, you're going to piss people off. Mm -hmm. Because there's not a whole lot going for this game aside from its, like, parkour. So you got to assume there has to be some story to tie it together. And we'll get to that. Yeah. So you play as Faith. She is, according to Jake, and I'm not sure where he got this knowledge, uh, 22. The Wikipedia page. Sure. Just out of juvie. Yep. You know, 20 year olds in juvie. It doesn't really make sense, but sure. It's the future. When this came up, I, I was uh, streaming, and uh, when it said she was released from Juvie, I had uh, somebody, well, I had two people that, like, uh, have a lot of the records in the leaderboard that were, like, uh, hopped in the chat, which is fucking awesome. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember your names at the moment. But, like, uh, I had asked, like, it says Juvie, right? Like, is she, like, fucking 16? Because she doesn't look like it. And they're like, well, no, that's the name of the prison, but it was, like, Juvie mm -hmm. lowercase j. That was not the name of it. Yeah, it's just... Just juvie. Also, writing like 101, you're not going to name something that already has like a distinction. You're not going to name a prison juvie because then when you refer to it, no one's going to know the difference. Yeah. That's really bad writing. It's super weird. Why would you do that? So it clearly is intentionally just juvie, like juvenile prison. Let's all go out to the restaurant pizzeria. <laughs> well, in the nation of Cascadia, because fucking reasons uh i don't know you're not considered an adult until you're in your mid-20s and then you're not in juvie 
other dumb things I can come up with? I don't know. We're thinking about this too hard. Yeah. So you just get out of juvie. You, you're like walking the very beginning. I don't know. You're you're exiting juvie. And then like some guy contacts you. He like yeah. opens a door. Yeah, because you're headed towards a bus. So the uh, prison can take you off to wherever you're going to work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then some guy kicks the door and he's like, come with me if you want to live or something way less cool. Just like that. Except <laughs> his voice is way less deep. And it's more just like faith over here. Why won't you love me? Well, that's not how he starts. He starts like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a better runner than you. He hates you to show that he cares about you because he's in the third grade. Mm-hmm. Yep. His name is Icarus. He is here to escort you essentially to your uh, family of runners. Yeah. He is there. I can't tell you much about him. Honestly, he came across to me as just whiny and milk toast. No, that sums it up. Like That's... He's in the background most of the time. And when he's not, he's just bitching. So he's taking to your family of runners so they have this you is already set up which is again coming into this i was like okay so i'm supposed to know these characters already or at least faith knows these characters already right i guess what is his name marco noah it's noah Noah. (laughs) i was gonna say that's wrong (laughs) i don't know why like the, I, I didn't look at the uh, actor who, who they did the uh, capture for, but yeah. for whatever reason, he just looks like a freaking Marco to me. Sure. Yeah. So Noah is your romantic interest? No. Nope. No. <laughs> Mentor slash father figure father after your parents. Yeah, yep. After your parents died, he's like, I raised you. Yeah. He That's took care of Faith it. when her uh, parents were murdered. So he cares about her so much. He's like, hey, how about you go break into this thing? And so um, that's like the first thing you do is go and break into a uh, office building of KSEC Kruger Security. Yeah. All runners do is run in that running is not running. Running is, well, it is running. It's running across rooftops and like corporate espionage, stealing secrets. Burglary. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, delivery people slash cat cat burglars, yeah. So, like, I... (laughs) You can do it. It's so weird that it's just like, yes, you're the... I mean, you know, it's kind of a Robin Hood thing. You're the criminals, but for good, but, like... Also, are they, though? She... He doesn't send her out immediately to uh, the Krugersack building. You have to go meet uh, Birdman and your friend uh, Graffiti Artist Mick sucks a lot. Well, you yeah, don't have but to who meet cares about that artists. shit? Oh, okay. Uh, and then you meet Birdman and he's like, run, and you do. And Be that's free. it. I'm glad we covered that, Jake. <laughs> All right, Jesus, I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking jackass. <God. laughs> But you're in the middle of Kruger's sec, right? <laughs> yeah. And you see someone else break in. Yes, yes. Just a random dude in a mask. He doesn't matter because he dies soon. Yeah, well, he's Spoilers. also, like, heavily armed. Yeah, we don't know what his deal is. But so Faith follows him and is like, hey, what is he doing? He's, like, downloading something from a console. And then Kruger, just the, the dude in charge of KSEC, wanders in and says, hey, you... 
and then he sicks his attack daughter on the burglar. Excuse me. Yes, you heard that right. Attack daughter. She's a badass killing machine. Go on, Jason. First of all, when you sneak in behind this dude, you're like, I'm gonna follow this guy. And you like turn the corner and there's just a corpse. All right, this bothered me so fucking much. So you mean to tell me, Faith here is uh, the goddamn best run- runner that's ever ran in the history of running, right? For whatever the fuck these people think that means. She's the goddamn cat burglar extraordinaire. And her first instinct when shit starts to go sideways is, I'ma follow that heavily armed ass dude. Bull fucking shit. There's no way that if that's her first instinct, she has lived this long. Yeah, I mean, that's the, like, she follows him, and then there's a corpse there, and she's like, shit, I should just hide and see what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Run! What are you doing? Yeah, not even, like, dipset. I better see this one out. What the fuck? Yeah, so he's Kruger 6, his combat daughter on <laughs> this guy, <laughs> and he drops the thing he was stealing. And now she has an opportunity to leave and not be seen. And she's like, fuck it, I gotta steal that thing he was stealing. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna say something about Kruger's attack daughter. <laughs> oh, this is about to get uh... Yeah, no, it's I wanna I wanna call this section accidental racism because um <laughs> Uh, Faith is an Asian character, right? And uh, up until now, you've seen other characters. As you're running around, there's uh, little NPC quest givers. The only other Asian character you see is Kruger's attack daughter. And she's been getting, like, flashbacks of when uh, her parents died and she had a little sister. By this time, you have had flashbacks that establish that Faith has a younger sister. So the first time you see her, I'm like, well, oh, that's obviously her sister. I'm like, wait, that's kind of fucked up. Like, I can't just assume that the only Asian character you've seen so far is her sister, even though the plot says that's probably it. Spoilers for later. She is. <laughs> yeah, I, I hit the nail on the head and I'm not proud of it. That's uh, that's some good writing right there. Yeah, but that's, again, Faith's first idea is, no, no, I have to get involved in what's happening right now. Yeah. Oh my god, right. She's out of prison for less than a day. Yeah, but uh, they uh, hit her with the uh, brain hack, so she's off the grid, man. Yeah. Pulled the chip out of her neck or something. I thought it, you pulled it out of your nose. Sure. Total Recall? Yeah. Yep. It, uh... I'll shut up now. <laughs> no, it, I mean, yes, but... It's... I don't know. They, they're very heavy-handed with their, like, corporation, bad, look at them, do bad thing. And I was thoroughly unimpressed. Because, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You don't really see the corporations do anything bad besides, I guess, they own the city and all of these people work and they're, like, kind of second-class citizens, but you don't see that. Like, the game tells you that in a very heavy-handed sort of way. Uh, exactly. The game constantly tells you very heavy-handed, ah, yes, the corporations took over and they're bad. But, like... You never really see it, and when you do, it's, I don't know, not really believable for me. It's, uh... I mean, gestures broadly at the American governance system. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that's what I'm talking about. They're way more insidious than these corporation goons are in this game. Yeah, because they're uh... just, like... <laughs> Uh, cartoonishly evil in this and like by the time you finally figure out what it is that they're doing you're like uh, okay and like I don't understand how they think that that's going to work out for them anyway because what 
okay. Fuck it. Their entire, like, major scheme, when we get to it in the fucking game, is that they want to, like, mind control all the populace that they yep. already have control of. They literally gain nothing from it. Everyone fucking works for them anyway, which is what they want. It's... So it's stupid and uh, mustache-twirlingly evil? Ha-ha! <laughs> the yeah, fuck? Yeah, much. It doesn't make much sense when, when you think about it. Like, if maybe there are mass uprisings or, you know... I don't know, stuff on camera that shows, like, there are people rising up. I mean, there's there's the runners, but, um, spoiler alert, uh, in, like, a few missions, uh, they come down hard on the runners and almost wipe them out completely. Yeah, you, you're not even, like, a resistance. The runners actively, or at least your section of runners, actively try to disengage. Yeah, they are uh, as neutral as they can be. Yeah, Noah the whole time is trying to get you not to steal Kruger sex, like, that data and his first instinct is to give it back yep which as soon as uh faith gets back to uh, hq after she grabs the data is like let me get a hold of him so we can give it back to him i don't care what's on it it doesn't matter we need to make peace and get it behind us as fast as possible yeah, so you're not, like, the resistance good guys. But no, Faith has debts to pay, and instead she takes the top secret data uh, to a um, a crime boss named Dogen. Well, I, does she take it to him, or does she take it to uh, her plucky side character? She takes it to the best trope in all of uh, fiction, her uh, super genius friend who doesn't know how to people. Yeah, who has yeah. a wacky robot. I her hate name is this. Plastic. I fucking it's love terrible. that robot so much. Kuma. Oh my god, he's so fucking cool. It is as blatantly just that as it can be. Mm-hmm. Here's the super genius who we're never going to explain anything about. They're a weird shut-in who doesn't know how to people. They have a wacky robot. She computers the hardest. She is the compute. She can hack anything. She literally says that at some point. I don't have anything to add. I'm just very disappointed. As you should be, because it's just like, it. it's lazy as hell. And it doesn't make lazy. the game feel real. Yeah, because you meet up with uh, Dogen after you do this shit with plastic. Yeah, to start decrypting it. As you're like, I got this sweet KSEC data. And he's like, I'm chopping vegetables. <laughs> yeah, every time you meet Dogen, he's this crime boss and he's like wearing an apron and he's like in his apartment making dinner and you interact with him several times during the story with presumably large amounts of time between every time he has his apron on and he's making food. Yep. Uh, he like, and it's weird because I'm not sure what their relationship is. Yeah, right? Because he treats her like, he treats her almost like a daughter. That's why I'm like, the Noah thing is weird to me because Dogen straight up treats her like a daughter. Yeah. And has the uh, weird picture yeah, that That's was her like mom's. Yeah, the thing her mom was working on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see what's weird about this. She has two gay dads. Oh, maybe it but is her uncle. Oh, no. <laughs> but like they Aww. never they never talk to each other. I mean, yeah, other than Noah's like, "Hey, we can try to get that shit with Dogen cleared up later." Right, because she yeah. owes him a bunch of money for stuff we don't know of. Right, and that's kind of like, uh, they allude to these things and I'm like, "I don't know what's happening." <laughs> it's supposed to make the world feel lived in and feel alive, and it does succeed to an extent. I'm not going to completely write off this narrative device. You know, I would have liked it much more if Dogen and Noah were her gay dads. Honestly, yeah, Aww. that'd be a lot better. Well, instead, she has a mom and her dad doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Right. 
her mom, who is, uh, wow, I, I really was just going to be like, yeah, fridge for the story, because she is. Yeah. <laughs> She's dead. Oh, cool. Well, that's going to get brought up a lot. By the way, her dad also murdered. But he's less important. But they never talk about him. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. super fucked up. They literally never, ever talk about her fucking dad. It's like, ah, he died, but he wasn't a scientist, so he doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. My mom was a scientist. My mom loved us. Yeah, uh, so you talked to Dogen and like <laughs> Jake's I don't know he's looking I'm, I'm trying to find out if uh, Dogen and Faith are related yeah he's the only other Asian character you see in the game so the first time you see him my first thought was oh god I hope they're not related and I don't think that they are but I was just reading Dogen managed to use his power within the city to minimize her sentence to one year in juvie rather than being sent to the Greyland she's still in her 20s yeah she went in mm. at 21 came out at 22 also yeah like again it's just like i don't know she does stuff and like she she talks to dogan is like oh i know you're gonna be mad at me and he's like i could never hate you and you're like i'm seriously trying to figure out what relationship it like is what i don't think it's anything beyond that like she's just young she was like doing some work for him and like instead of like murdering her like he's just like kind of over it i will use her as an asset I, I can believe that, I guess. It, he thinks she is more valuable alive. I mean, he's supposed to be a crime boss. Yeah. So that doesn't really come across that well. No, he just comes across as like uh, an intelligent asshole. Yeah. But a stern like, mentor. Yeah, who likes vegetables. Yeah, you never like see him doing crime bossy things besides people refer to him as the crime boss. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I know like I, there's ways you could show it if he was like interacting with um literally anybody else besides just Faith. Actually, he barely even interacts with his henchmen right yeah i think there's one time he's cooking something he asks some dude let's like at the side of the screen something and he just like nods and walks off that feels right well i mean you you talk to doke and say hey i got this juicy information you go back and say and find this is when uh Kasek comes down on the runners right yeah yeah you find that your home base has been completely torn apart everybody there has been either killed or captured and there are some dudes retreating and you have to do a little bit of a combat arena and fight a bunch of dudes which is um i guess we'll talk about the combat later but uh you kick a bunch of dudes in the head. That's Wait, what you do. This is when you run into your first uh, big armored guy. The guy that just tosses yes. you around like a ragdoll. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you escape that situation and uh, you have to uh, go find some people to help you because you're essentially clanless now. So you throw in with uh, basically the uh, terrorists. Yeah, the terrorists. They're straight up terrorists, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they Earlier in the game, they blew up a mall just because... Fuck the corporations and fuck those people who were in there as well. We have to shake the foundations to make a statement and all that. The uh, terrorist organization is uh, Black November, uh, and they are led by uh, terrorist extraordinaire Rebecca Black, who says at one point, um, we are going to free all of these citizens, and if they are not with us, then we will burn them to the ground with the rest of them. Fuck! But, you know, terrorists, so. She's good people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even think she's that good a terrorist. I mean, like she blew some shit up, but like the Kruger's like people like seem to know what they're up to and don't really care. Up until the end. Fair play. It's not 
super clear as to what are their demands. They're, that, they're just, yeah. Right? They're, that's, again, part of the, like, oh, they're terrorists. And you're like, okay, they're a resistance, and they're going to use terrorism to try to, like, you know, get whatever change they're seeking. But they never actually talk about the change they're seeking. They don't have demands other than change. Well, that and um, she just wants to murder. Yeah, but, like, who doesn't? <laughs> Kill them, kill them, gotta kill them all. Rebecca, Black. <laughs> well, I, th- this reminds me of, um, did, wasn't there a point in the game where Faith says something about her not being a, an assassin or a murderer or something? Yes, uh, when you, you meet up with the terrorist group. Yep, and you totally, when you fight people, you like you can kick them off buildings. Oh, I killed skyscrapers. a lot of people. You kill a lot of people in this game. No, guys, it's okay because Faith refuses to use a gun not that she could if she wanted to because they're all biometrically locked to whoever future she needs a fucking knife biometrically lock that you asshole or a fucking pipe jesus anything give me a magic crowbar there's dudes that have impact batons you mean to tell me those are fucking biometrically locked to those dudes bullshit it's a fucking impact baton you ever been hit with a piece of rebar? Yes. <laughs> Shit sucks. Yes, it does. Yeah, I... Yeah. What is the word? Oh, God. You'll get there. I probably won't. Transubstantiation. Uh, when your actions don't, like, represent the... <sighs> There's an achievement in <laughs> Nate Drake 4. Ludonarrative dissonance. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a, like, unreliable narrator? No, it's the difference in what you're being told and your actions. Oh, then yes. Um, that is that. Yeah, no, and it, there's an achievement in Uncharted 4 for killing so many enemies called ludonarrative dissonance <laughs> because in every game they present Nathan Drake as the hero and you're just murdering people. And so they made an achievement about that. That's pretty funny. Which is funny. And it goes to this game and it goes to a lot of games where you're the hero and you're like, I'm not bad. I don't kill people. But then, like, the gameplay requires you to kill people. I guess it doesn't require it, but, I mean... You don't have to drop kick a dude off a building, but it is funny every single time. Yeah. If they didn't want you to do it, they wouldn't give you the option to do it, right? Well, also, like, I don't know, when you kick a guy enough times that he stops moving... That guy's not getting up. Hold on. You make it sound way more like visceral than it is. Like you knock like you beat up a dude and then he just like falls. It's not like you have the option to just stand over him and punch him in the face till it's nothing but red pudding. Yeah, he just falls because you gave him a heart attack or something because that dude ain't moving. <laughs> they do just ragdoll after you knock them out. So ragdoll wherever they Oh, he hit his head on a railing. Oh well. <laughs> Look, I do want the option to just go, like, full-on end of Inglorious Bastards just over some uh, unnamed henchman, just not stop <laughs> punching until you hit concrete. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, in the first game, she had a gun, so... Really? Did she really? Yes. yes. Well, wasn't that after this one? I, I guess. So she grew up. <laughs> grew up and learned to use a gun. Yeah, the first game has gun mechanics. Weird. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I don't know why. I just always assumed it was, like, super hot butt with parkour. There is no reason why I think that. I do not know why. I don't either. <laughs> uh, so what, you're chilling with the terrorisms? Yep. You're chilling with the terrorists. Uh, you go on a mission. Uh, you essentially just like run around places when you're doing missions. Occasionally you steal things. You beat up bad dudes. Uh, it just so happens that uh, the terrorists kidnap a murder daughter, attack daughter. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we got this. <laughs> well, no, We're going to kill her. After. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're just straight up like, we're going to kill her now. No, they, no, they don't say that. They're like, we're going to get information out of her as they're just like loading guns in the background. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. fine, Faith. Don't worry about it. Faith at this Take point. Take her down to the. Doesn't, <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. Faith at this point doesn't know that she has her. Well, her sister's still alive, but she senses something's off and like goes and mines data, essentially runs into like a server and like presses a button. It's all platforming to learn that, in fact, she has a living sister and then comes back just in time to spare her life right as her sister's about to be executed by the terrorists who say they want to send a message to Kruger. Yep. As it turns out, Isabel Kruger is actually Cat Connors. Yep. I'm surprised you remember that. Dun, dun. There's no way you could have seen that coming. None. All of us saw that coming. A blind person would have seen this coming. Pretty much. So, oh God, you, how do you convince them what you're going to do? Uh, it is. Cause you're like, don't kill her. And you leave Icarus with them to make sure that she doesn't die. Cause he also escapes the whole, you know, thing. Right. Uh, this is when you. He's the only other runner who's around. What do they call it? Like the dogs? When you break in to get, uh, information from their like main servers? I think so. Cause that's like, they're like, look, if we're not going to kill her, you need to get us valuable information. Yeah. And so you go get them valuable information. Yeah, and they're like, you've got like eight hours. Get back her. She goes in the corpse pit. Yeah. Uh, but then... It's I don't even remember how this plays out. After this, that uh, you receive some sort of hint that Noah might still be alive. I think it's from uh, Isabel slash Kat. Uh, she literally just says like, oh, he might be alive. And like, you can look it up in the database or something like it's super, super, super vague. And you're like, oh, of course. And then you just go to the place and um, find he's being held in a compound called Kingdom. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's at this point where you're starting to learn more about the secret mind control project because everybody has like chips in them these days, but they want to essentially inject their nanotech into everybody's bloodstreams. It's something called reflection and it'll control the population. So it's called reflection. It comes in nanites. <laughs> yeah. Neat. It's <laughs> all we need to know. Faith's mother was working on it. Yes. Yep. The the weird picture that Dogen has is this like mind interface circuit yeah. that Faith's mom was working on. And that's what these nanites, they interface with your brain and so they can actually like turn off your emotions. Spooky! Which is funny because when you see it in action, if you know that it's there, it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like um, as you break into Kingdom, uh, you run into a colleague of your mother's who's like holy shit get us the fuck out of here and you're like yeah all right i'm looking for noah i'll get to you in a second and then um alarms start going off you find noah you come to him as he's being tortured as they keep uh, cranking up the juice on the nanites in his brain and they're trying to interrogate him but he knows they're there and he's just fighting it off yeah which like seems to indicate that it doesn't really work how they want yeah, so they just, like, zap him a bit and then, like, try asking more questions. Like, you can all go fuck yourself. Zap, so, zap, zap. Then they zap him the hardest. To death. <laughs> oh, no. Noah! Now she only has Noah, one gay dad. I, I cared about you. I didn't at all. A sweet no, reunion no. cut short. <laughs> uh, you, you escape. 
with your mom's like the a scientist who was working with your mom he was infected with this shit that like they have the ability to just hit him with a kill switch yeah oh well so this comes up you get back to the base and she's got reflection in her and they uh Kasek came and like got cat slash isabel back and they injected uh, Icarus with reflection. And the scientist lady says, oh, we can stay here because, like, the concrete is thick enough that the reflection... The, sir, the signal can't get to him. The signal oh can't God, get right? to us. What? <laughs> you know, they have to activate the kill switch in your bloodstream. And if the activation signal can't get to you, you're fine. Totally oh, hold on. normal makes sense. I didn't, like, that's good science right there. Because obviously in the future, it's all running on fucking 3G signal. It can't get to them down there. Mm-hmm. Right, like, it's the super future and they can't get the signal down there. Also, it's not like when you disconnect from the network, they don't just fry your brain. Yeah, uh, honestly, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't want to be in the world where Jason is the evil overlord. Aww. I hope your Wi-Fi doesn't go out. <laughs> doot, doot. If Jason's our evil overlord, it's going to be a short ride for all of us. <laughs> We're going to blow up that sun. <laughs> the moon has taunted me for one last time. <laughs> you can't just drive the moon into the surface of the planet. <laughs> Who's going to stop me? The moon? <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, terrorism, terrorism, scientist, scientist, blood explosion. Where are we at? Uh, we have to stop the evil nanites, so we wrote a virus to disable them, and now we have to go send out the virus uh, from the tallest building in glass. And we're at the end of the game. Yes, because Icarus now has reflection, we have to figure out how to shut it off. Uh, and that is Plastic writes a virus to deactivate it. And you have to go to the top of the KSEC building to turn it off. Yeah, so the uh, entire time as you're free running through the city, when we get to the mechanic section, we'll cover that. Uh, there is this big ass building off in the distance, uh, and you finally get to go to there. And it's fucking big. Yeah, and uh, as you get ready to go there, uh, it blows up. Lols. Remember those terrorists you were helping? Whoopsies. Yeah, they're still terrorizing. <laughs> they're still terrorists. Uh, so when you pull up on the train that you hijacked, it's uh, kind of all uh, crumbly. I mean, not like full crumbly, but like starting to crumble. Yeah, like it seriously fucked up the building. But for whatever reason, to try and like keep uh, how bad the damage is down, they're trying not to evacuate, right? I don't know. I think it's something they say as you get the like calm chatter as you're uh, making your way up the outside of the building. Because God forbid you got to go into it. Yeah. So you go up and up and up and up and up and up. And it's just a series of, you know, parkour climbing sections. Um, it's actually some not of which half I bad. Take, uh, yeah. It, it, I actually enjoy it, although I take issue to it being grounded in reality at all. Well, um, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's, at this point, we're straight fantasy territory. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. When you're climbing up the elevators and, like, the shit drops down, like, uh, I got killed with some bullshit when it would uh, change the pattern up. Oh, fun. Yeah, I don't think it was supposed to do that. I just think I, it was it getting not. weird on me. Um, but, like, you get up to a point where, like, there is gaping holes through the entire building and it's still just standing. And you're like, I'm going to just zip line up there. And you're like, what? It's or the like, super future gonna, and you're Batman. Yeah. You're going to use your uh, Batman grapple hook to uh, hit the uh, very tip of a giant fan blade. And then ride that bitch into the sky. Right. I like love that. that. That was Looney Tunes shit. It, but it is 
straight cartoon nonsense. Hell yeah. So then you get to the top of the tower. Uh, you enter, you plunk down the device to virus and uh, Kruger walks in and I don't know, he says something like, if I you... am your father. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun. Um, no, he's like, if you don't resist, we won't kill you. And then sends goons at you, who you kick in the face. Yes. The final battle is uh, just two, two armored dudes up until this point. Um, you've only fought one armored man at a time. Now you have to fight two. But when there are two, you can kick them into each other. So you win. Yeah. So you beat up the armored dudes and then he tries to deactivate your virus. You tackle him. Attack daughter shows up. Oh, I remember. Um, he says that uh, Reflection is also, since it's nanites in the blood, is keeping Isabel alive. Yeah, because she's got, oh God, was it liver disease? Lung cancer? <laughs> lung disease? Yeah, it is like lung cancer or something. I don't know. She's got some sort of illness that the nanites are keeping her alive. She has the black lung, too much time in the mines. Which doesn't uh, Faith just immediately be like, bullshit, and then he just drops it? Yeah, it's never brought up again. Uh Yeah, it it was a total lie. But also, she was coughing earlier, so... Hmm. Well, yeah, but she definitely wouldn't be coughing because they were down in the, like, dusty construction sewers. (laughs) Down in the mines. (laughs) Down in the mines. Also, like, I mean, isn't that one of those things that's like, ah, yeah, these nanites are totally keeping her alive, and I'm going to use them to mind-slave everyone. Normal things. Eh? Which, and again... that's the what? end of the game? Uh, you, uh, you confront your sister about how she's your sister, and then she runs away. You chase her, uh, falling building, falling building, uh... You catch up to her, and she's like, He told me you died. You abandoned me all those years ago. You're like, but we're sisters. Gotta stick together. And also, you were like seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, the building starts to collapse. Uh, Kruger shows up in a helicopter, and you're like, Don't go! And she's like, I have to! And she, like, runs and leaps off the building. You climb back up onto the building, and then you see her flying away in the helicopter. But Kruger Uh, isn't there. Yeah, uh, old what's-his-nut ain't in the helicopter. Yeah, so he shows back up at the, uh, crumbling bullshits with, uh, Faith and Kat sitting there talking. He's like, we gotta go! It starts to, like, fall for realsies, and, like, he's dangling down. Um, Kat runs off to save him as the whole thing collapses and then you see her on the VTOL riding away. So it's implied that Kruger died, right? Uh, kinda, yeah. Uh, I think it's not implied that he died. It's implied she kills him. I mean, maybe. I mean, that's what happens when you, you know, raise an attack daughter. Because afterwards, in the, like, post section on the news, they're talking about how Kruger Sec will be run by his daughter. Right, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He he did. No, I just, I missed the, uh, like, the news bits. Yep. I I was somewhere else by then. (laughs) I get that. But yeah, so, like, he is either, uh completely indisposed or dead the news just say that he is nowhere to be found and kruger sec will be run by her mirror's edge three the return of mecha kruger Ooh, uh, you just have to fist fight him it's gonna suck and that's and the that's, end that's the story it's sort of a big old shrug it's um has a lot of uh confusing motivations Yes. Hold on. I do remember at the end where uh, she gets the her mother's thing tattooed down her arm. And she's like, well, 
uh, the terrorists are still doing terrorist things, and the corporations still run the city, and everybody uh, else is pretty much just fucked. So nothing changed. Oh, well. Except most of the runners died. Like... I wonder, is that their excuse for having, like, less visible characters in the first game? And again, I haven't played it, so I don't know that there aren't, but I kind of got the impression that there's not. Yeah, I don't. Again, I don't know, so. And I don't care to know. Not really. <laughs> I, like, this story did nothing for me. Uh, I found the motivation of most characters to be weird at times. I didn't like a lot of the characters. Eh. Yeah, Icarus acted like a spoiled little child because, like, he wanted Daddy to like him more, essentially. And Basically. Like, he, like, develops a crush on you because, of course, he fucking does. He does when you save his life. No, he always had it. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, but because she was the best and she was in jail. So when uh, you get out, that's why he's the first one there because he can't wait to meet his idol. And then he doesn't know how to act. So he acts like a dick because um, girls will know that you like them if you're mean to them, I guess. Until like three quarters of the way through the story when he was finally like, uh, you know, uh, I guess we can kind of be cool now. You know, um, maybe we can. And she's like, shut the fuck up and get out of my face, you whiny shit. I hope you die somewhere. And then he starts dying and she feels bad about it. Yeah, when I said he was milk toast, I, I will remind you. He's like one of the few people who survives the crackdown. He's there like the whole time. And that's how much we mentioned him until he gets injected with uh, reflection. Yep. He's kind of there. Even when saving him becomes a plot point, he's still just kind of background. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the story and characterization are definitely the low point of the game. Um, there is, like, you know, aside from the, the free-running mechanics, uh, it's it's an open-world game, which is also one of the weaker aspects of it. I'm just going to keep on mentioning things that are the weaker aspects of this game, and then, oh, wait, this is just a game filled with the weaker aspects. You can unlock safe houses, which allow you to fast travel. Yeah. And those are so nice because other times there will be like the next missions across the map and you're like, I just don't care. I yeah, was feels right. very happy that I unlocked a few of the uh, safe houses fairly early on, like as soon as I could, because I found the um, the run. It, it essentially turns into a puzzle game uh, to unlock the safe houses. You got to like disable the security in the area or whatever. And it's just like a big single giant room with like different geometry to traverse and like lasers that you don't can't set off and cables across it. Uh, it's the most puzzle like that the game becomes. And it's also probably the most the slowest, most meand uh, pondering, I guess, that the game is. I liked those yeah. parts. Yeah, I, like, those are kind of interesting. There's some of the levels I actually really liked. So, Let's like, the, the open world, the running around, I thought was done pretty well. My biggest complaint with it was when you would switch from a couple, like, zone to zones, and then it forces, like, it bottlenecks, so there's only one way to go. So, like, you have a lot of freedom and exploration through most parts, and then, oh, like, I want to uh, go from, like, uh, the suburbs to downtown, let's say. I have to take the only bridge that gets there. Yep. So you ultimately end up going along a lot of the same routes because, you know, that's how you get... To go there, whether or not it's the fastest or if that's even important to you, doesn't really matter. Yeah. One of the things you can do is turn off, like, any sort of guidance. Like, there's a magic line you can follow. There's, like, a mechanic that essentially highlights the next wall or drop or the next thing you should interact with just turns red. And so you just follow the red is, like, the tagline. 
I can't remember what they call it, but it's their runner runner vision. vision yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, so that'll show you where to go. Um, it will always get you to the place. It is not always the fastest or most efficient. Um, you can turn it off if you want to have more kind of free re- wheel and running. Which I thought that was an interesting way to uh, subvert the players, um, subvert the gameplay, right? Because uh, as you play video games, you get used to highlighted thing is where I go now. And when it's like, you need to do this as fast as possible, blinking at you, and you're trying to follow the red, the red's not the way to go. Yeah. So you have to, like, sort of untrain yourself to do that. For all of the, like, speed challenges, the red is never the fastest way. No. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I learned that early on, and yes. I don't think it's done, like, um, I mean, it's done all right. Like, I didn't particularly enjoy that, but, like, I didn't hate that idea either. Like, uh, the red will get you there, but it's maybe not the way you want to go. Yeah, it's, I, I think the red is fine for some of the story beats. Some of the story missions, there were a few jumps that I was, like, where am I even going? Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, uh, and like sometimes when you have to Batman around, because there's no indication where you're supposed to be going, because it's literally just, oh, you're supposed to look up and press a button. <laughs> That's what I... Why was I supposed to know that? So like when you get the grapple hook in the story, it's cool because you can use it to like pull some shit down and unlock new areas or like fucking Spider-Man your way around. Only you can only use it in certain locations, which is fine for pulling stuff down. But I want to Spider-Man through the guy damn city now if it lets me i'm never gonna free run again because that's what i'm doing now i am now spider-man yeah like i get why it forces it in only certain sections and that way they don't have to make everything sticky enough so that you could possibly do that but it also feels super limiting in the tool that they give you to make it feel more freeing (laughs) like for me it like it feels it's a back step now that i have this and i can't use it how i want it i can only use it in this one spot if i'm standing in the right spot to hit it yeah it it didn't ever feel like uh, good to me because a lot of the times it was in spots that it didn't feel like made sense to me yeah like as you're running along it's kind of awkward like how you get to it right yeah there's like some that are like okay there's like the crane you can swing off of the hook that is great but then there's parts where it's just like yeah it's this uh blinking light up there what what is that even oh it's a hook on the side of a building for you to grapple off of why is that there you're welcome it's uh design <laughs> well, the, okay so there's a uh, one of the story missions i think it's it's definitely one of them. Uh, anyway, where uh, in futuristic city, there's drones all like around all the time. There's one of the missions you have to grab onto a drone and like you ride that. Why is that not a mechanic I can just do in the goddamn world? Let me take a fucking drone ride somewhere. Even if we have to like slowly descend Breath of the Wild style or fucking whatever. That would have been cool. It would have. Or uh, the last level, the uh, massive uh, wind turbine that you ride. Sure, it would absolutely tear her arm off immediately. But that was fucking awesome. Just like attaching to that and then just launching. Like why isn't there more of that just out in the world to do that? Because that was fucking fun. Yeah, it, that's kind of my one of my complaints is like some of the levels I were really kind of cool and I really liked things in it like that. But then like in the world, there felt like there was none of that. Yeah. Instead, there were uh, occasionally they'd spawn groups of enemies to make your life more annoying. Which, like, if it gave me the option to bypass him, I wasn't fighting him. I was just keeping running. Oh, yeah. By the end of the game, there were probably a good, like, 50 enemies just on the map that I'd never interact with. That feels right. 
And I did like how it gave you the option at times to choose between actually fighting people and running away from people. And almost always the better option is just to fucking run away from them if you have the option. At times. Because sometimes the game decided it's time to fight. Yes. And fighting in this game sucks. It's not great. It's basically Head Kick Simulator 2000. 18 or whatever year it was made in. Uh, The enemies, uh, if you use combos, the same combo too many times, they quote-unquote learn. So if you try to use the same attack twice, they will counter you. So you just essentially alternate left head kick, right head kick. You're Mirko Crow Cop. Just head kicking dudes into the graveyard. And uh, there's the ability to slip around attacks. Kind of. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of the enemies have like this big wind-up animation, so it's pretty easy to see see it coming. But if you do get hit, your ability to recover from hits is sometimes kind of jank. So there's sometimes the armor dudes would hit you like three times in a row, and you got down to one life in a single combo string, and you're like, that's some bullshit. Also, life is kind of weird. Like, you, okay, so every time you're running, you you build up this shield. Oh yeah, the shield. And the hit, the first couple hits hit, take your shield, but then you have so many hit points, which you can upgrade through magic points. Um, and, and once, you, yeah, once you get down to one, sometimes you die, sometimes you don't. Did anyone know what that mechanic was about? No. No, I do not. <laughs> Because at one health, uh-huh. I would get hit like four times and still be going and just be like, uh, what? Was there any amount of time between the points you got hit? Maybe. I, like, I, I could never figure out what caused the actual killing blow trigger. Because sometimes it was literally just the next hit. I was like, oh, I'm dead now. Okay, but like sometimes you would be um running along and you would like run up a wall and then attack down at somebody to do extra damage while they're lighting you up with a fucking SMG. And then sometimes it's a big dude that uh, punches you in the face and hits you for harder than you getting shot. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Damage are weird. The game outright says, uh, building up your running meter helps you dodge bullets. Sure, game. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So, uh, I'm in that case then, is the uh, shield that you get the same way that the um, uh, quote-unquote health meter works in Uncharted, where it's like uh, Yes, it is. It's like luck, right? Kind of. And then your health Health is actual health, though, because, like, you upgrade it with better gear. It's not actually health. It's, like, how good your uh, shirt is at absorbing damage. Yeah, it's just Kevlar or whatever. Yeah, it literally is, like, Kevlar. Sure, sure. I guess. I mean, it doesn't really explain how she will, uh, like, eat a 40-foot drop and, like, scream out in pain and then just get up and take off running. Yeah, well, you know, physics. Yeah, no, they're not real. (laughs) I'm just gonna end it there. Yeah, (laughs) physics, you know. Uh, I was really hoping to subvert the game, and then it didn't let me. I was really annoyed. Uh, there's a one of the <laughs> mandatory fights is in a train station when you're trying to hijack the trains. Yeah. Well, when you first go in, they're like the train leaves. Yeah. And they're like, you have to make it. You just have to wait for the next train. And I was like, okay. And so I sat in the vent waiting. <laughs> How long did you wait for? Uh, let's see. One episode of Dark is like 28 minutes. 
Oh. The, like Netflix show? Yeah. It's just like 50 minutes, dude. Okay, it was 50 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> I was in that vent a while. Because I did the same thing, only I gave it like five minutes. <laughs> no, no, I was just, wa- well, because, you know, I, I don't have time for sounds and games. Uh, so I was just watching Dark on Netflix. So I was like, all right, I'll watch this next episode and see if it triggers. It doesn't. Yeah, right, because they tell you you have to wait for the next train. You're like, why would I bother fighting these dudes? We'll just wait for the next train. Not an option. <laughs> the game lied. They actually want you to punch these dudes in the face. Yeah, just fucking say that, you lying piece of shit game. Come on. I ended up uh, doing something different than you guys. I jumped onto the tracks because I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll just follow the tracks out of here. No, it kills you. Yep. Yeah. Again, it's the it, when presented with the ability to do different things, the game just kind of railroads you into fighting. Yeah. But Well, okay. Uh Towards the end of the game, um, and I don't know, I, I think uh, we, you and I talked about this a little bit, where um, you don't see people around the city. Sometimes you see, like, uh, black silhouettes of people in, like, windows and stuff. Uh, but when you get to the shard, the final uh, level, uh, there's a bunch of people, uh, quote-unquote people, running around beneath you as you run on the glass over the top of them. Meanwhile, the building's crumbling, so, like, shit's falling down where they should be. So, like, uh, I had one where... Like, a chunk of building fell through and landed on somebody, but then, like, the person, like, was running out of the rock. Like, they just clipped through it. And, like, okay, maybe necessarily I don't need, a, like, a giant comical blood splatter, but I really kind of wanted it because it would have been fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this earlier because it was funny for me because none of the people animated. So, like, they were in, like, imagine cactar position, <laughs> and then they just slid across the ground. That is incredible, and I love it. Yeah, I was pure jank, and I was there for it. (laughs) Well, are we done with this? I think so. Would you recommend it? I can't. Like, because at this point, if you don't, like, Mirror's Edge... You've probably heard of it. Like, if the idea of a first-person parkour game is what you're into, this is, like, the only thing out there, right? As far as I'm aware. I, uh, maybe. So, like, if that's what you're, you you want to play, this is your option. I just, I, it, it's better than most things we play. But I still didn't particularly enjoy my time with it. I don't know. See, like, I like this game. Uh, I liked the, the sense of momentum that you get from, uh, like, all of the running around and the parkour and the sense of exploration as you go through the city. I thought it was really neat. But uh, after playing it for the first hour and I wanted to throw up, if I didn't have to play it for the podcast, I definitely wouldn't have finished it, which, like, I, I'm glad I did. Sure, the movie plays out the movie. The game plays out, like... <laughs> a fucking shitty B movie. That's fine, right? Uh, I was getting the whole fucking like 90s hack the planet vibes the whole time, which irritated me to my core, but still I'm in for that bad movie. But I I couldn't get over the motion sickness for me. And oh man, which sucks though. Like I think I think there's uh, fun to be had here in the exploration and the movement, not the story. But if you play it for a little bit and it makes you feel queasy, like it's hard to say you should spend your money on it because you should not not play it like go go do something else that doesn't make you feel like you want to throw up sorry i just had to wait for that car to pass me by um <clears throat> i would i would recommend this game if it sounds like something you'd be interested in i i'm not going to not recommend this game uh i had exactly like you guys some some fun with it uh the story was shit but the platforming was fluid and interesting and i like those puzzle sections so 
It was kind of a shrug of a game. Uh, could do worse. Oh, you certainly could do worse. Don't, don't let like, us tell you all the ways you could do yeah, worse. Like, take my not recommendation with the idea that, like, I don't know. I'm not going to recommend most things unless you're like, I think you're really going to enjoy it because there's so many games out there now. Like, there's games that I enjoy that I still don't like get to play because I'm just like, oh, I got this to play. I got this to play. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Well, what do we do now? Uh, now we do letters from listeners. Listeners, like you. Uh, I'm going to read some of this letter. Uh, mainly because it's really long <laughs> and it's like there's actually good questions here. So I don't want to use them all at once. Uh, but this is <clears throat> uh, email titled Ego Booster and Recommendations. So greetings and salutations. I stumbled upon the Bad Gamecast by accident a few years ago while searching Spotify for the goddamn earworm whistly song from Deadly Premonition. I hope that song is now <laughs> sure. stuck in your heads because that's what you get for comparing <laughs> Alfredo sauce to jizz. So like, <laughs> wait, Jesus. what? That happened? Um, probably. I'm. I don't know what episode, but like. I'm betting deadly premonition. <laughs> probably. Which I don't remember there being a lot of Alfredo sauce in that, but you know we don't necessarily talk about the game all the time. <laughs> Shit gets weird sometimes. Absolutely. I love listening to you guys when I'm uh, when I've been binging true crime and need something to laugh at. Uh, I replay my favorite episodes when I want something on in the background, but don't want to have the TV on. Let me tell you, listening to you guys while falling asleep makes for some odd dreams. I can only imagine. Oh my god, you poor soul. <laughs> also, my two-year-old loves dancing to the intro music, which you. <laughs> You can thank Jake for that. Uh, I like it. That's that's good to hear. Hell yeah. That's incredible. Uh, I'm going to skip the recommendations because uh, though it may or may not show up, as always, we love recommendations. We try to slot them in uh, as we schedule things out. Uh, so I will never promise that we're going to play a game because like sometimes they're hard to get a hold of and this and that. But we try to get to recommendations when we can. So as always, thanks for the recommendations. Uh, and on to the questions. As a D&D player, I love hearing stories about characters. The dice giveth and the dice taketh. Tell us your most memorable death. If you don't have a death, tell us about a time a Nat 1 created an awkward, uh, awesome, epic, awkward, stupid moment. Okay, I got both of those. Yeah, all right. Uh, if you guys need the time. I'm all right, so, time. so some of us have a lot more D&D that we have to sift through. Well, uh, memorable death. Um, it comes from one of my more recent, and by recent, I mean within like the last fucking five years, um, where it was the uh, Tomb of Horrors one shot that you had uh, done for the fifth edition. All right. I have never had, uh, so the whole time, right, we are not playing well as a team. Uh, I, they were a terrible. Terrible party. It was amazing. Um, I was doing well with my. Uh, I was a paladin, a gnome paladin. I uh, the other person I was playing well with was the dragonborn paladin. I rode him to battle. <laughs> they were a paladin stack. Yes. Aww. I had my fucking lance. I rode him in. He absolutely fastballed special me into a skeleton. It was everything I fucking wanted. The only time we came to a consensus on what the shit it was we were going to do, it was we're going to hop through this portal. What we didn't know is that that portal was an orb of annihilation. I knew and it. And we all, I with smiles on our goddamn faces, hopped into their fucking arm in arm, ready to go for fucking jolly cooperation. It was so fucking good. What is with people in jumping into spheres of annihilation? Jason? It was just so, like, they, they had been arguing about which entrance to use because there's, you know, two fake entrances. Uh, anyone who actually knows the Tomb of Horrors, I guess, like, it's an iconic dungeon 
you may or may not have run into. There's multiple entrances. Two of them are fake. And they were arguing about that. And then, like, they set off one of the traps. And then the, like, first hallway. And they're, they're not doing the best. And then they come to the end. And there's two teleporters, quote unquote. One is, like, this misty doorway. And the other is, like, a veil of black. And behind the black veil is a sphere of annihilation. And they look, they, they just, like, kind of look at each other. And they're like, we're going through the black one, right? Yeah, we all jump in the black one. Just hard like that. No one's like, I wait to see if they come back. Nope. No, they all go in, no waiting. And I'm just like, you all do? And they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, session is over. You're all dead. Yeah, we died in glorious fucking teamwork. Oh my god. Because I've run this, or I've run that as a player before, and I've had teammates jump into the sphere of annihilation before. I'm just, I don't know what it's, what's about that. It just, it's the it siren just call. You. It's just, oh, you gotta go into the darkness. You gotta do it, man. So, uh, let's see. Well, fucking, it was, um, it was 3.5. I was a ranger. I'm usually a ranger. Um, oh, God, like, really? Yeah, really. Uh, because I don't want to get up on shit. I want to stay back and think stuff with arrows. I'm this judging you. Min Max. I am judging you hard. Don't give a fuck. I play it how I want. Now, um, we were, um, yeah, it was d and It was like, it was either that or Pathfinder. No, it was d and um, I forget what, there was zombies, right? Uh, I am standing back in this fucking copes. Uh, knocking arrows, doing my best to take out dudes. Now, I roll uh, uh, nat 20, shoot the zombie in front of me, his uh, head bursts like a fucking melon, crit, everything's amazing, fuck yes, riding that nat 20 high. Uh, surprise attack from the one behind me I didn't know was there, or, you know, fuck it, whatever. I'm like, oh shit, uh, fucking save or whatever, I guess it wouldn't be a surprise attack because it wouldn't get a save. Either way, the next one that comes to attack me, ooh, boy, that fucking uh, one rolls. Fuck. Roll the percentile die. It does not end well. So I'm uh, standing there and uh, the zombie comes from uh, behind me as the DM described it, grabs me on the shoulder and whips me around. And before I can react, its teeth sink into my neck and peel back slowly. I can feel each muscle strand in the skin break as it goes. And I lay there in the forest bleeding out. No one can see me because I'm in the trees as I grasp to my friends that I can see. And I die alone. <laughs> Fuck. Good lord. Don't split the party, kids. Good times. Uh, I I guess I have only one legitimate player death that I've ever had. It was in some sort of homebrew fourth edition monstrous system that one of my friends had made. And it was during the first session. So it was one of those shitty first session deaths where you're level one and you have five hit points. And I fought a dude in an alley and there were none of my teammates around. And I literally could not hit him. He hit me twice. I just laid there on the floor, bled to death and went, well, guess I'm going to be playing her twin sister because, um... (laughs) Spent the better part of the week learning this kid's fucking entire system. I'm not going to go back and re-roll a completely new character. Fuck off. How many player deaths do I have? One, two, three. Three player deaths. Ah, 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 ah. Um, which one's the most memorable? Probably the one from a campaign that uh, Elsa was actually a part of. Oh yeah, the one that I helped run? Uh, yeah. Go on. I was a bioterrorist. I mean, uh, <laughs> definitely not a bioterrorist. 
Look, he was a, a druid of the forest. He was a forest gnome. He liked setting civilization and especially mines on fire and dams. We were yeah. going through something of an industrial revolution in this world, and that was kind of pissing him off. Yeah, they're trying to, like, mess up the balance of nature. So it's time to set nature back on its course by destroying stuff. It <laughs> checks out, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, we get in kind of over our head uh, fighting yeah. dragons. Uh, what was the... I was trying to remember the setup for that specific dragon. Well, the thing was, uh, I had sort of made a back door into the dragon's main chamber that like, had a window way, way high up above this big cavernous chamber. But it was supposed to be just used as a window to give you like a glimpse into the chamber and then you'd come around to it later. Obviously, you being a D&D party, you subverted my expectations as a DM and you like, I think maybe used stone shape to open yeah, up we, the window. we stone shape to make the like small window into like a big and, enough for people to crawl through. Yeah, oh, you made it into a back door. And so, well. So we just y- headed just, into the dragon's lair. You just wandered into the dragon's lair and uh, the dragon, the, the problem was, uh... <laughs> The dragon wasn't in the main area. She was in one of the um, one of the smaller chambers, and the idea was that she was going to fall back, and so um, she sort of entered at the same time as you, and the battle just sort of triggered in uh, open space. Um, Yeah, there, there. Yeah, you weren't like set up for it or prepared for it. At all. Well, that's what you get for, you know, like, falling through a window. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, you know, uh, we rolled poorly on our initiative, and then, like, the dragon goes first, and then, like, lair action, legendary action. And it's like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. Uh, Like, we had at least one member of our party downed, like, immediately. Damn. Um, So we had a dragon cannon. Um, Yeah, Is this a cannon for dragons or a cannon that shot dragons? A cannon designed to shoot dragons. The problem was the dragon cannon was uh, fueled by your hit points. Oh. It was blood magic. Yeah. That's a bold strategy. Yep. And it had a dial that goes from one to five. It didn't and, go to 11? Uh, it, no, apparently. I, I should have had it gone to 11. But the inventor specifically told the party that um, turning it to 5 will kill you. Well, so like one or two of our characters are downed already. And my character's just like, oh, we're all going to die here. Grabs dragon cannon, sets to 5 and goes, well, then I guess I'll take you with me. <laughs> Uh, so he pulls the trigger, and um, it kills him instantly, and it punches a hole in that dragon. <laughs> it just, you know, you had, it, it splattered, killed the dragon. It did, I want to say, over 100 points of damage to this thing. Fuck yeah, that's so fucking good. <laughs> as, as a DM, I could not have been happier for that 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 story beat. It was, oh, I it think was a it worked beautiful out moment. Really well, just like for the story. So that was probably my most iconic death. Uh, one of the other deaths was at the hands of another player. So that was bad. Ooh, that sucks. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, pro tip for DMs: don't let your players kill each other. Yep. Straight up. 
That's no fun. Don't don't do it. Like they're like, I am going to kill our allies, and you're like, no, don't do it. I think I've been accidentally killed by like uh, me being on one side of a wall that uh, mage fucking blasted and then knocked over, and I just didn't get out of the way. Yeah, but like I wasn't salty about it. No, no, he literally uh, intentionally killed. Yeah, me. no, that's not the same thing at all. Yeah, like he was like, okay, my character uh, attacks him. <laughs> Like, ah, cool, 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 in the middle of combat. <laughs> Ooh, dick move. Yeah. So, you know, that was not great. To be fair, that whole campaign was kind of weird. Uh, ended up going off the rails after I killed everyone. I was one of the DM's uh, TPKs. They happen. I have a lot more uh, <laughs> player deaths from behind the screen. I was yeah, going to no say, kidding. I've never played a game with you as the DM, and I'd be kind of afraid to do so. Twice. Twice I've played with you as DM. Twice it's been a TPK. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> One of those times was the Tomb of Horrors. Yeah, no, that was amazing. You cannot count that. Yeah, that's fine. Also, you didn't, like, kill us the other time. You, you gave us a pass because that shit went sideways. Yeah, well, when you, like... <laughs> You do everything wrong. And, like, you don't, split the party. Don't you fucking pin that on me, man. <laughs> Immediately. You were like, well, what if we sent one person in to the den of goblins by themselves? No, that wasn't my call. That wasn't on me. And then, when that person has actually successfully negotiated with the goblins, what if we ride in an attack while he's surrounded by goblins? My god. Well, okay, but for like for what we were doing there, I was the only person that had played before. Yeah, so you were a bunch of new players. You made a terrible decisions, and I was gonna. I gave you a backdoor out of it because, like, you, no, you can't just like die. But like, I am. I want people to like. If you're gonna make terrible level decisions, sometimes there's terrible level consequences. We've been going a minute, right? So. Oh yeah, more than a minute. Dial up that ending. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. You can find me on Twitter at Jake pray nah we don't need to plug things i mean i should probably plug things <laughs> anyway because we were just reading this sweet question from someone who decided to email the bad at gmail.com you can also find us on twitch streaming uh monday through thursday you can find us on facebook reddit uh the discord the something and patreon thanks everyone who supports us on patreon yes thank we you to all our patreon supporters we love you Boop, boop. You can find me on Twitter at Freya Faust, and I wrote a book. It's called Stray Dogs, The Brick Misadventures, or something like that. Uh... Uh... Perfect. Uh, did you uh, have who that email is from? Oh, uh... Uh, the Ninjen. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, for the Bad Game Cast, I've been Jake. I've been Jason. I am Elsa. Good night, everybody!